Parshas Vayelach has the mitzvah of Hakel. Moshe commands the Jewish people, Miket Sheva Shanim, at the end of seven years, at the at the at the it's the it's the it's the Motzei Shnasa Shmita. We say it means the it means the year after Shmita, meaning this this year, this coming Sukkos, Bchaka Sukkos. So it's the Sukkos after Shmita, which is coming up in less than two weeks. When Bevochal Yisrael Eros is Pnei Hashem Elokechem Makomer when people come, yeah. when the Jewish people come to be Ola Regal, to visit the base of Mikdash, so the commandment is, you read the Torah, you read this Torah, in the presence of Klai Yisrael, Hakel gather the whole nation, that's called the mitzvah of Hakel, from that word Hakel, Hakel HaSa'am, Anashim Anashim Hataf, men, women, and children, why? Laman Yishmu, they should hear the Torah. Laman Yilmadu, they should learn the Torah. The Yoru with Hashem Elokechem, Veshamru Lassos is called Ivra Torazos. They should have Yerashamayim, they should keep the Torah, the entire Torah. And further, Uvnehem, Asher Layadu, Yishmu, Velamdu, Liyaras Hashem Elokechem, Kalayam, Asher Atem Chayim Al Hadama. Your children also should, should learn to, to, to fear Hashem. Asher Atem Ravim with Herdain, Shama Larishta. When you enter Eretz Yisra. This is the mitzvah of Hakel. So there are, we don't actually practice the formal mitzvah of Hakel. We'll discuss that in more detail a little bit later. But we, we don't actually practice the, the formal mitzvah of Hakel v'zmanazeh. There are, however, two implications, at least two implications of Hakel that are relevant in contemporary times. One of them is the idea of zecher Hakel, is that we do some kind of informal Hakel, informal Torah study, Torah reading, which is uh, which which refers back to the mitzvah of hakel that they practiced in the time of the mikdash, and the other, as we'll discuss soon, is bringing children to shul. We've discussed both these things in the past. We'll we'll, we'll elaborate a little further, particularly on the zechel zechel hakel tonight. So the the proper hakel, the the, the full blown hakel, Rambam explains how do you blow hakel? They blow chatzotzros throughout Yerushalayim to gather the whole nation. They bring a large platform, a bima gedola, a wooden platform. They put it in the middle of the Ezra's Nashim, one of the courtyards of the Mikdash, of the Ezra's Nashim, where and the king would the king would uh, mount the platform and would sit and would sit there, and all the and, and uh, in, in order that it was a central location so everyone could hear, all the Jews who were coming up to celebrate Yom Tov could hear, and they would have a sefer Torah, and the, he, he picks up the he accepts the Torah standing. He's allowed to sit down. Uh, he, 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 if he wants, he can sit down, and then he, then he opens it, and he reads, he reads the specific parashios. Rambam lists exactly, Rambam lists exactly what parashios they read. It, 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 it was parts of Chumash Dvarim. It's not the, not, it, it, it's not the entire Chumash Dvarim. Rambam says that it was, you read from the beginning of Dvarim, Elah Dvarim, until the end of the, the, the parasha of Shema. Then you skip to Vahayim Shemoa, and then you skip to Aser to Aser, and then you read till the end of the brachas and the klalos, and he reads a, a large, a large, uh, a large subset of Chumash Dvar. When do you do it? Rambam says it's the day following the first day of the holiday of Sukkos, which is the first day of Cholamoed of the eighth year. So that's going to be the that's going to be Tuesday, I guess. We have two days of Yantif and uh, two days of Yantif and Chutzlarz, but Cholamoed Sukkos is going to be on a Monday. Begins on a Monday, Tuesday. Midaris is, is the first day of Chalamoi, the second day of Yom Tov. That's when the king reads the Torah. So 
that's the mitzvah of hakel. And again, we, we, we don't actually do the formal mitzvah of hakel. We don't have kings. We'll discuss in more detail soon. But this is the but 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 this is this is the mitzvah of hakel. Now, there's an interesting there's an interesting as we, as we mentioned earlier an interesting application of this to contemporary practice, and that has to do with bringing children to shul. The Gemara in Chagiga, the Gemara says that the, the, the Gemara brings a Midrash, the Gemara brings an interpretation of the Psukim. It says, Gather the nation, men, women, and children. So, uh, so Howie mentioned, I have to be careful what I say, uh, women are present. The Gemara says, men come to learn, women come to hear, children, why do they come? So men apparently are capable of fully understanding the Torah. Women come to hear. They might not fully understand, but at least they, they hear some Torah. Why do children come? So the Gemara gives a very curious answer. It says, To give schar to the people who bring them. There's a... That, 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 that's, that's, the version that, 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 that's the version that we have in the... That's the version we have in the Bavli. The... The, the Mesecha Sofrim, there's a slightly different version of this Midrash. The, the Mesecha Sofrim, it, it goes back, not on the Pasuk of Hakel and Pashas Ve'elech, it goes back on Pashas Nitzavim. Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kulochem, Lufnei Hashem Elokechem, Roshechem, Shiftechem, Ziknechem, Veshodrechem, Kolosh Yisrael. Again, it says, Tapachem Neshechem Vegercha Shebekerem Machanecha. All this in order to do the bris that Hashem, is, uh, that Hashem is contracting with us. So it brings a similar discussion. It says, Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kulochem. So it says again, uh, it, it says that men. That, so in, in the in the Bavli about Hakel, it says men come lilmo to learn, women come lishmoa to hear, and taf come in order to uh, grant schar to those who bring them. In this in this version of Masechah Sofrim about Parshnitzavim, it says men come to hear, anashim come lishmoa, one madrega down, not lilmo but lishmoa, anashim te lekabel schar psios, women come just in order to uh, w- women women come in order to get schar for walking. Again, Okay, so the Masaka Sofrim has this about, uh, about the Parshani Tzavim, Bavli has it about Hakel, and the Masaka Sofrim adds, Young girls, little girls, would come to Shul, to, to, to give schar to the people who bring them. Masaka Sofrim brings that that's why children, girl children, come to Shul, in order to, even though they don't really get anything out of it, apparently, but in order to, to, to grant schar to those who bring them. Tosus says this on the Bavli, on the Bavli Chagiga that says, Taf lomahein boen kelitin schar lomavien. So Tosus says, what does that mean? What, what, Tosus, not what does that mean, but Tosus says, al zeh samchu lahavi This is the source, this is the basis, the precedent for bringing children to shul. The, the, the source is from the fact that even the little children came to hakel, and the reason for that was litein schar The truth is, there is a there is something of a debate among Rishonim and Achronim. How old were these little children who came to Hakel? Were they really infants? Were they literally day old infants, or were they older children who were capable of understanding something about Hakel? So, the Ramban, the Ramban says that uh, the, the Ramban Torah says seems to understand the Chazal meant even little children who understand nothing. The Ramban himself is inclined to say that the taf in question were taf who do understand. 
the taf, it says the, there, there are two psukim in the Torah about taf. There, there, there are actually two psukim, one after another. The, the first pasuk says, Hakel asa'am ha'anashim ba'anashim ba'ataf, and it says, Laman yishmu, Laman yilmadu, and that seems to be going on all of them. And then it says, Ubnayim asher lo yadu, yishmu v'lamdu liyeres Hashem alokechem. Even Ubnayim asher lo yadu, they can still hear and they can still learn some kind of Yerushimayim. So the Ramban says that the, the children that we bring, Kipshuto, he says, that they may not understand exactly what, what the king is reading, they might not understand the details of the Torah, but they'll hear something, they'll hear the words, they'll ask, they'll ask their fathers, the fathers will teach them, because the Ramban says explicitly he would, he would be inclined to learn, Kipshuto, the taf in this context is not Yon Kishadayim, is not babes in arms, nursing babies, they are young children, which are close to Chinuch, HaKrovim Lizchanech, that's what it means, V'lam that it'll make an impression on him, and... Uh, It'll, it'll, it'll make an impression on them that they'll eventually learn, they'll eventually acquire Yerushimayim from this great event. So the Ramban says, Kipshuto, he would understand the Taf are young, they're, they're close to the age of Chinuch, they're not going to fully understand the Hakel, but they, they will eventually gain Yerushimayim from this situation, and it does not include the young Kishadayim, because they won't get anything out of it, they're not going to remember anything, they're not going to gain anything from the Hakel. The Ramban says the Taf does not include young Kishadayim. But then he says... According to the Chazal, the, apparently the Taf is little children who gain nothing out of the Hakel. Why do they come? Good question. The Gemara says they come to bring schar to those who bring them. So now we have two pshatim in the Gemara. We have the, what the Ramban thinks is Pashup Shat. We're talking about older children close to the age of Chinuch who may not understand the Hakel but will eventually gain Yerushimayim from it, gain some understanding. And Chazal say that it refers even to little kids, and the only reason is to give schar l'mevieh. The truth is, Chazal's pshat is hard to understand. Does Hashem really tell us to do things that, have, that make no sense just to give us schar? We're used to saying every mitzvah has a reason. The Rambam explains this at length. Every mitzvah has a reason. Hashem doesn't just give us arbitrary mitzvahs just to make life difficult and convenient to give us schar. That's not what Hashem does. Uh, is, there, is there really such a thing as a mitzvah that has no logical explanation just to give us schar? <laughs> So what about chukim? So the so chukim are a mitzvah that, that, we don't, that we don't know the reason. So as we've discussed in the past, the Mepharshim generally say chukim are mitzvahs that we don't know the reason, but, but the, reason, the reason does exist. The, the Ramam gave reasons for most of the mitzvahs, including the chukim. It says that Shlomo HaMelech, he said, Amarti and he understood the reasons for all mitzvahs except paraduma. And uh, the, we show them say explicitly, the Radak, I think, and others, they say, chukim, are, are chukim mean mitzvahs whose reasons are less accessible. Yeah. But, but a, a real chacham will understand the reasons even for chukim. And it, it's, it, it, it's, it's virtually unanimously accepted, by, certainly by the classic mafarshim, that even chukim have reasons, we may or may not know the reasons. We discussed recently, al-kan tipri giru rachamecha, mashatkin also, that the, the Mishnah says, you're not allowed to say that may God have mercy on us the way he had mercy on the birds. And the Gemara brings one explanation to that is because you're making the Midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rachamim in, into mercy, really they're only Xeris. Kipshutra, that means mitzvahs don't have reasons, they're just arbitrary Xeris. That's how the Rambam in the Mornavuchim understands the Gemara. He just says, that's wrong, that's a philosophical position that's rejected, and we don't accept that. We accept that mitzvahs do have reasons. The Ramban says that, that that's not what the Gemara means. The Gemara means that this particular mitzvah, the reason is not rachamim, because Hashem let us shek the animals and birds. Obviously, we don't really care about the birds. Therefore, it's just uh, pedagogic. It's to teach us rachamim, to inculcate rachamim. But, there, but the classic mafarshim, I think, pretty much un- unanimously agree that mitzvahs do have reasons, whether we understand them or not. 
So this is the, the reason for this mitzvah is just to give schar. So, so the, there are mafarshim who have who have trouble with this. The the morale, the morale in Gerarie says that that. Uh, he doesn't really understand this chazal. He says, what kind, of, what kind of children are we talking about? How old are these children, he says. He says, vada, he says, we're not talking about children who can't learn anything, he says. The, if not, he says, what do you mean to give schar to bring him, he says. What schar is it for bringing someone if there's no point in bringing him because he can't understand anything? What's he going to do there? He doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. What sense is there to bring someone and get schar if, if there's no inherent point in bringing him? So obviously, he says, we're talking about a katan who has some das which was the way the Ramban learns. So then, what's the question? Why do you have to say to give Scharav? If the Katan actually is old enough to uh, get something out of it, then what's the Mar's question? Why do you have to say it's Lashi Scharav and bring him there because he's old enough to understand? The, the Ramban seems to say that it's Machlokis between him and Chazal. But the Maral, the Maral says even Chazal agree that we're talking about older children. And he says, the Chazal are asking, if it's just about ordinary chinuch, then why do they have to do a Dafgan Chaka Sukkos? They could have done it any time of the year, he says. The whole year they can teach him. What about men? So why don't you ask the question about men? Why do they have to come dafka and circus? He says, men, it's exeris akasuv, that's the mitzvah. But children, he says, they're not b'nei mitzvah, so then you can't have exeris akasuv. I don't really understand what he's saying. If he understands that men can have a tzivoy of exeris akasuv to do this dafka and circus, I don't know why he can't understand that there's a exeris akasuv on the parents to bring the children dafka and circus. But for some reason, the Ramban says, for the men who the mitzvah is upon them and their b'nei mitzvah, they can have exeris akasuv to do this Torah study dafka and circus. But for the children, even though there's a mitzvah of chinuch, it doesn't make sense. There should be a zeres custom on the father to bring them dafka and sukkus. And that's what the Gemara means. So I don't really understand how the, how the morale is reading the Gemara. I, I, I've long felt I was missing something, his, his assumptions. I'm, I'm missing the point in this morale. But, but what, I, what I do see in the morale is that the morale, unlike the Ramban, who seems to feel that there's Pashup Shad and there's Chazal, that Pashup Shad is we're dealing with older kids. And Chazal learned even infants. Maral says no. Even Chazal agreed that, we did, that we're not dealing with infants. Chazal themselves would never have said there's a mitzvah to bring, to bring infants. So what are they going to do there? He says, Mayasasham. What's the point of bringing him? What's he going to do there? So it, it, even Chazal agreed that you're only bringing older kids who are capable of learning. And still, the Gemara asked why bring them dafkan sukkos, and the answer is l'schayim But according to the Maral, it, it, it's so self-evident that there's no point in bringing kids who are too young to understand. Even Chazal, even Chazal couldn't have meant that. The Marsha, the Marsha understands Chazal Kipshuto, like the Ramban did apparently, that Chazal meant even young kids. The Marsha, we mentioned earlier, there are actually two psukim about, about the Taf. First it says, Anoshim, Anoshim, and Vataf. And then it says, Ubneim, Asher, Layadu, your children who don't, who don't know, Yishba, uh, the, the children, the, 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 the first Pasuk says, Hakalasa Amha, Anoshim, Anoshim, Vataf, gather everyone, including the children. The second Pasuk says, Ubneim, Asher, Layadu, Yishmu, Valam, Duli, Hashem. They'll learn Yerashemayim. So the, the children will learn Yerashemayim. It's not just So the Marsha explains, according to the Bavli, that there are actually two sets of children. There are, there are two different ages of children. He says the first pasuk is talking about the first pasuk is talking about. Uh, he says the, the the second pasuk is talking about children. Asher layadu, they don't know how to keep the mitzvahs. They're not they're not they're not that old. He says, but they're but they're higiel lechinuch. But the. But they're capable of learning. They're not bnei mitzvah yet, but they are capable. But they are capable of learning. That's what it says. Velamdu that they can learn. that they can. The language of the pasuk is yishmu velamdu that they can hear and they can learn. The second pasuk is talking about older children who are not bnei mitzvah but are bnei chinuch, and for them they can hear and they can learn. The first pasuk, the taf, 
That's talking about low higielachinuch, because the second pasuk already talks about children who are higielachinuch. So the first pasuk of the taf, that's talking according to Chazal about, about children who are low higielachinuch. They don't even have shmiya and limud. So according to the Marashah, there are three madregas. Adults, men and women, have, have actual shmiras and mitzvahs. Children who are higielachinuch, they're not mochayiv and mitzvahs, but they can be shameya, they can be lomeid, they can hear, they can learn. But the taf, the taf are neither. The taf are the young keshadayim. The taf don't get anything out of it. For them, the, the, the only purpose is lasse schar l'mevieh. So, we have a machlokas again. So we, we, we have the, the Pashup Shan Chazal, as understood by the Marsha, as understood by the Ramban, is that you bring even very young kids who get nothing out of it, and you do it just to give schar to the parents. And you have the Maral, understanding of Chazal, which is how the Ramban himself would be inclined to learn the Psukim, that we're dealing with older kids, close to the age of Chinuch, who can actually get something out of it. Those are the kids that you bring to the, those are the kids that you bring to the Hakel. The Kliyakar also, the Kliyakar has a very hard time, he says, with uh, that, the same as Maral. Hashem really tells us to do things that have no purpose just to give us Chari, he says. It's like Hashem telling us to just carry loads of wood and stones to Hashem, to the base of Hashem. Carry stones to the base of Mikdash, just to give you schar. That's not what Hashem does. We can argue theologically whether it makes sense or not. But, but, but that's, that's not the derech of the Torah. That, that, that's not what we learn in, about, the, about the mitzvahs of the Torah. So, what, so then, then what does it mean to give schar? If we're talking about older children, then, uh, then what do you need the reason of lost the schar of the If we're talking about younger children, then, uh, then what's the point of bringing them? So the Kliyakar has, uh, has an elaborate pshat. He says... He says, in, in, initially he suggests that we're talking about, uh, he says we're talking about like the Ramban says, like the Maral says, according to Chazal even. So that's how he would learn. And he says, if we're talking about young kids, he says, then he says, then he says we can explain that, uh, he says we can explain that, that, that he says that 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 part of the part of the derech of tshuva he says is that is, is that we come with the we say we we say I say leman we say we say I say leman tinoch shemayis rabban I say leman his language his language is that we say I say leman gemulei chalaf he says that uh, that that the derech of the tshuva is b'zman she yisrael osim tshuva he says we ask we we have tachnunim milafan of yisbarach hamlechilas haavon we say, like we say, we ask Hashem to have on behalf of the children. That's what it means to give We're telling Hashem that please, uh, please have compassion on us, even if we don't deserve it, because of these innocent children, we bring them along as part of the Derek of the Tshuva to, to ask Hashem to please have Rahmanas on us, please have Rahmanas on us uh, because of our children. Okay, that's another approach, that, that if you say it means real children, he says, real infants who are not capable of understanding, it's not just an arbitrary act to give schar, but it's, 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 a, it's a form of doing tshuva and asking for achmanas because of, because of, uh, because of the children. The Archaim, he says, the Archaim understands both psukim, the pasuk of the taf and the pasuk of b'nei ma'asher lo'yadu yishmu v'lamdu. So he says that, it, it, unlike the Marsha, who said it's two different ages of children, that the first Pasuk is talking about Lohi Gielachinach, the second Pasuk is Gielachinach, Archaim says it's all the same thing. The Bnei Masher Lo Yadu is the Taf, and the reason you bring the Taf is because even if they're not old enough to really learn and really understand, Yishmu Valamdu Yeras Hashem, they can still hear, they can still eventually acquire Yeras Hashemayim. It's a form of Chinach of Yeras Hashem. 
And uh, that's how we would learn Kipshuto. Again, he says that, that the children we're talking about are Higielachenach, like the Maral, like the Kliyakar's Pashup Shat, like the Ramban's Pashup Shat. The children are Higielachenach. Chazal say that, uh, the Chazal apparently understand that you bring even, uh, even children who are too young to understand anything, he says. That's also Nechlel and Taf. When it says Yishmu Velamdu, it means that's talking about the older kids. But the first Pasuk of Taf, according to Chazal, apparently is talking about even younger kids. So we have uh, numerous opinions on both sides whether the, the taf in this pasuk, the young children, refers to kids who are old enough to understand something, like the Ramban says, they'll eventually understand what was going on, they'll understand even now, they'll have some chinuch in Yerushalayim, or whether it's my kids who are really too young to get anything out of hakel, and the only reason to do it is because perhaps as a form of tshuva, as the Kliyakar explains, but Lamaisa, there seems to be a major machlokas here, where the mitzvah of hakel is to bring really young children who don't get anything out of it, or older children who understand and have some level of chinuch. People have pointed out, if, if all Jews were supposed to come, who's babysitting? You, know, you have to bring the children because uh, what are you going to do with the children, practically? Why do you bring them? Because if every single Jew is supposed to come, there's no exception for teenagers, there's no exception for, uh, for anybody. Everyone has to come. So what are you going to do with the kids? You can put them all in non-Jewish babysitters, I guess, for a day. But uh, maybe that's why you have to bring them. But anyway, returning to Tosfos and Masechah Sofrim, they say that this is the Makar, that young children come to shul, because even Taf come to Hakel, so even young children, we bring them to shul. And the question is, again, just as we just said, there's a major machlokas among the Rishonim and Achronim, how old were the children who came to Hakel? How old are the children who come to shul? How old should children be, children be brought to shul? The, the Arzarua. The Arzurua elaborates a little bit on, the, on this idea of bringing children to shul. He, he brings Masechah Sofrim. We bring the children, we bring the children to give Scharlam of the And he says, also he says, it, it, it imbues the children with Yerushamayim. It brings a story about Yeshua ben Hanania was, was uh, Yeshua ben Hanania, his mother used to bring him to the base of Midrash so that his, his heir should hear Devei Torah. He was too young to really understand anything, but it's still, a, uh, it's still important that he should hear Devei Torah even as a baby, and that had a good effect on him when he grew up as well. Okay. Now, Ramanacham Dilanzano. Ramanacham Dilanzano, Dilanzano was, was an, interesting, an interesting author. He was a great... Uh, Kabbalist, grammarian, various things. He was, he's not primarily known as a halachist. He was an expert on the, the Masoretic text of the Torah. But he was an interesting and, uh, and, uh, and colorful, intellectually colorful Italian chacham of the 16th and early 17th century. He was a rav, makubal, poet, uh, scholar of the Masorah, printer of Sifrei Kodesh, uh, editor of Sifrei Kodesh. So he has, a famous, he has a famous passage, which, in general, the, the, the writings of this Italian Makubal are probably not that well-known to Ashkenazim. In this case, though, this passage was picked up by the Shla, the great early Polish Akron, and from there into the Magen Avram, and into all the, all the Ashkenazic postkim down to the Mishnabura. Maram di Lanzano brings this Gemara that says, you bring children and you bring them to shul, and he says, Bismana unfortunately, he says, not only is there no schar to those who bring the children, Today we bring them Today we bring them and we get punished for bringing them. Because it causes a chill of the Kedusha of the Beis HaKnesses, he says. They play there, they run around, they, they laugh, they, they, they hit each other, he says. They, 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 they laugh, they cry, they, they talk, they shriek, he says. They, this one runs this way, this one runs that way. They run toward each other, he says. Some of them go to the bathroom in the middle of the shul, he says. And then... Uh, the father gives the son a safer, and he throws it on the floor, or he t- and he tears it into pieces, he says. 
and, uh, and, 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 and the pe- people can't concentrate because of all the yelling and carrying on of the kids. It's a chil Hashem, he says. It's a shem shemayim mischalel. Someone who brings children like that, he says, certainly don't anticipate any schar, he says. You should worry about peronius, etc., etc., he says. And furthermore, he says, not only is it bad inherently, he says, but look at what you're doing. Instead of inculcating good habits in the kids, you're inculcating bad habits. The shul is a place to be wild and to make a mess, he says. They grow up like that, he says. They, they, they think the shul is, uh, is a place they don't take seriously. They won't give cover to the Torah. It's a terrible thing. You're inculcating, you're ingraining terrible habits in the kids, he says. Sof davar, a person should not bring very young children to shul because... There'll be no gain, and you'll, it'll actually be detrimental. The older children, he says, tafa gadol he can bring to the shul, and don't let him run around. He says, teach him and to answer kaddish amen and kedusha. He says, don't let him, uh, don't let him talk divrei uh, havai. Teach him to sit be'em over with with proper awe and reverence for Akash baruch Then you'll get tchar l'mavie. So, as I said, this maram dilanzano made it into the shla. And from there, even Magna Avram brings it, and the Mishnah Brura, and so on. Other, other German, other Chacham as well, Rabbi Yosef Han Neuerlingen, a, a, a noted German author, he writes, uh, most of the people, tr- most people try to be medactic, they think they're doing a mitzvah, they, they bring their kids to the shul, even young kids who are not higiel achinach. It's toem toes gadol, it's a terrible mistake, he says, not only is it not a mitzvah, it's naveri gedola, the kids distract everyone, he says, with their shrieking, and the father is distracted by by watching the kid, and he can't daven, he says, he can't even daven without Kavani, he certainly can't daven with Kavani, he says, and the kids will soil himself, and, and then nobody's allowed to daven if, if he, go, if he uh, urinates, and so on, it's a terrible Avera, good. Fine, Shabura brings this, brings the Shla, the Ram Dilanzano, and this whole objection is to a Katan Shalom, but the, the children you should bring are the children who are the children who are Higiel so that is how the Mishabura Paskin is based on the Ram Dilanzano, and the Shla, and the Magen Avram, you should bring children to shul when they're higielachinach, not when they are low higielachinach. The Kana ben Shoel, for a number of years, I've been puzzled. According to the Pashup Shan of the Gemara, as understood by the Ramban, as understood by the Marsha, according to Pashup Shan of the Gemara, when it came to Hakel, you brought kids even who were really young, even kids who got nothing out of it, who are low higielachinach, who you, you bring them only losis chalam of that they're too young to understand anything about Hakel. We really have two questions here. First of all, if Tosa says that the source, the precedent for bringing kids to shul is from the hakel of the... It's from hakel, and hakel you brought even infants, then how can we say that you only bring older kids to shul? If that's the whole precedent, then shouldn't we learn that even infants go to shul? Furthermore, what happened at hakel? How did anybody hear the king reading the Torah? Imagine you had the whole Klai Yisrael there, you had thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, and all the kids are there. Every baby is there. The amount of screaming and carrying on must have been uh, deafening. How did anybody hear anything over there? It says you're supposed to come and hear the Torah and learn. What happened to the kids? What happened to all these concerns? What happened to the Maram Dilanzano's concerns that they'll be wild and they'll make a mess and they'll disturb everyone? How, what did Hakel actually look like? So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what it looked like. But it was a nace, right? Maybe it was one of the nisim of the Mikdash. Who knows? But I'll call upon him. This is the, the consensus of all the postkin that at least when it comes to Shul, the, the common sense consensus, going back to the Maram Dilanzano, that we do not bring kids who are low to shul, despite the fact that when it came to hakel, it seems that we did, according to Chazal, but certainly when it comes to shul, the, when it comes to shul, we only bring kids who are old enough to our There's another puzzling thing on this topic of how old the kids should be to come to shul. Shulchan Aruch brings in the laws of Megillah 
minog tov. It's a good minog to bring young boys and girls, katana mukatanos, to hear Mikra Megillah. It's a minog tov to bring kids to hear the Megillah. Magen Avram says, but not really little kids who will disturb everyone uh, and won't be able to listen. My wife always uh, is in distress about this. She worries terribly about bringing uh, our kids to shul if they're going to make noise, and she doesn't understand why other people, women, bring kids who are too young and, 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 and are disruptive. The halach is, you're not, you're not supposed to bring kids who are too young who will disturb other people. Bir Halacha doesn't understand. He says, first he brings that uh, people today, unfortunately, bring kids who are too young. It still happens today, apparently. People can't hear. They only come to Klapaman, and the father is not Mekayim Chinuch, he says. If it's Chinuch, you have to make sure the kid behaves himself, like the Maram Dilanzano. But uh, you want to clap Haman, clap, but, don't, but, but, but that shouldn't be the main reason he's coming to the Megillah. Good. Then the Biyalacha doesn't understand. He says that, I don't understand the Shulchan Aruch, he says. It's a minuk tov to bring the young kids. What kids are we talking about? If it's a Giyal Chinuch, he says... What do you mean minog tov? What, what, it's a chiyuv. It's a chiyuv to be mechanech the kid. If the kid is old enough for chinuch, it's not a minog tov. It's a, it's, a, it's a mitzvah. It's a, chiyuv, it's a chiyuv. You have to do it. If we're talking about kids who are not igiel chinuch, he says, you're not allowed to bring those kids we just said because they're disruptive. So the mishabur doesn't know of any middle ground. Mishabur only knows of two kinds of kids. There's young kids who are low igiel chinuch who you're not allowed to bring because they're disruptive. There are older kids who is a mitzvah to bring. He doesn't understand any middle ground of a kid who there's a minog tov to bring but not actually a chiyuv. I never understood the, the Hanacha, the Bir Halacha. Surely there's, uh, sometimes there are kids who are too young to understand, but they're docile, you can give them something to play with, you can, uh, you can give them, uh, they're, they're, they're capable of just sitting still for, for, for a half hour without being disruptive. Maybe those are the kind of kids we're talking about. It's a minute tov, they're, they're not going to be disruptive. You can go out if you have to, maybe, if uh, you know, hear the McGill again later. Okay, but the Meshavur doesn't really understand. According to the Meshavur, there are only two kinds of kids. There are kids who are low higiyah who are disruptive, and you're not allowed to bring them, and there are kids who are igiyah lechenuch, that it is a mitzvah, a chiyav, to bring them, and uh, he doesn't understand what the, shulchan, what the Shulchan Aruch is talking about. He says, maybe we're talking about, maybe we're talking about kids who are igiyah lechenuch, but you could be really be yotzi with them at home, you could read to them at home, the, the, the minak tov to bring them, to actually bring them to shul, so they can see it, but zibur, okay. But uh, that's, that, 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 that's one further point about the, about the bringing kids to shul. Additionally, there's another Ramah. The Ramah says that the, the, the Ramah says that the, 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 the we bring the kids to kiss the Torah. That's a form of chinuch and zrizus and mitzvahs. And furthermore, the the, the Shari Ephraim brings that there's a mitzvah that there's a mitzvah to give the kids glila. They, they used to give the kids that they used to give the kids glila glila sefer Torah. Shari Ephraim says that we do that because even though it's a great mitzvah, still, we give it to kids. We were mechabed kids, as long as they have daft to understand the Dwarm Shabbat as a form of chinuch and mitzvahs. We bring the kids to kiss the Torah to give them chinuch. The, in, 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 in many modern shuls, they, they, give, they give the kids the, they let the kids say Enkelokeinu and Aleinu and Anamaz Miros and Adon Alam and Yigdal. So my, so my son often does this. So, so once we were at a shul with some of his more yeshivish relatives from a more yeshivish community, and my son got up to sing Adam's Miras, the, one of his cousins was snickering that this is some kind of modern uh, minog. I said, what do you mean? that This is a minog, uh, minog of the, of the Gedalia Akronim. They say it's a mitzvah to give the kids things like glila, things they can do. Give them glila, let them kiss the turrets. It's a minog to, to mechanic kids and mitzvahs. If they're, they're, they're not going to be the shlitzibah for the whole davening, but, but, but the same way that you can give them glila, even though it's a mitzvah rabbi, 
and we let them kiss the Torah, we give them different things to do. It's a form of chinuch. So, so why not give them the chance to uh, to be the chazan for to be the chazan for part of davening? Okay. So I just want to spend the last few minutes on spend a few minutes now on the the other the other aspect of hakel which is relevant in contemporary times, and that is the idea of having some kind of uh, partial mitzvah of hakel or zecher lahakel even bismanaseh. Postcom generally assume the mitzvah, the mitzvah, the formal mitzvah of Hakel does not apply in contemporary times. Why not? It's not entirely clear. The, the Sefer Achinuch, when he explains the mitzvah of Hakel, the Sefer Achinuch writes, this mitzvah applies bismanshi Yisrael alad basim, when the Jews reside in Eretz Yisrael. doesn't say exactly what that means. When the Jews don't reside in Eretz Yisrael, is, that, is there no mitzvah of Hakel? Does it just mean it's not practical to go to the Mikdash if they live too far away? doesn't say exactly what he means. But post, the, in general, we assume there's no mitzvah of hakel b'smanaseh. There are a number of different reasons that have been offered for why hakel would not apply, would not be noeg b'smanaseh. Some say hakel needs a king. The king is the one who's supposed to read the, the Torah. We don't have a king b'smanaseh. We haven't had a king for many centuries. Some say we said before hakel took place in the hakel took place in the Azara, in part of the base of Mikdash, and we don't have the we don't have the we don't have the basic sure We don't do hakel. Some say hakel. The, the psukim say hakel was done as part of aliyah l'regel, and we don't have. We don't do. Uh, we don't do. We don't have aliyah l'regel as manazep. So for so, so for a variety of these reasons, for a variety of these reasons, we don't actually do the, the post have said we don't do hakel as manazep. Now, now again, all these reasons are actually debatable. When it comes to the, the requirement of a king, it's not so clear that a king is really ma'akiv. The Minchas Chinuch says, it is true that Chazal say that, 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 that the Psukim don't really say who, who, who does the hakel. Psukim just say that you should read the Torah. It doesn't say who reads the Torah. Chazal say it was the Melech. But Minchas Chinuch says, I don't know, he says, is that a strict requirement? If there's no Melech, there's no mitzvah. What happened until Shalom Melech? For all the hundreds of years the Jews were in Eretz Yisrael before they had kings, the period of Yeshua and the Shoftim. Were there no, was there no Hakel? Maybe not. Or he says, maybe, it, it doesn't mean Melech, it means the God, the God Ladar, the greatest figure in the generation should read it, whoever he is. If he's a king, then a king. If not a king, then not a king. There's a Teferis Yisrael, the Akronim Bring, the Akronim Bring, the Teferis Yisrael says that they, they used to give it to the king because that was covered for the Torah. It was covered for the Torah, for the Torah to be read by the greatest figure around. The greatest figure in Kla Yisrael was the king. But in a chinami, there's no strict requirement for it to be a king. So the Milchas Chinuch says, that it doesn't have to be Dafka the king. It just means the God Ladar, whoever he is. So we don't have a king. Okay, that's not necessarily a reason not to do Hakel. Just find, uh, find the God Ladar. Find someone, who, find someone of great stature. Have him read the Torah. What about Beis Mikdash? Do you need the Beis Mikdash? Milchas Chinuch is not sure about that either. He says it's true that the, the Gemara, the Rambam says it was done in the Ezra's Nashim. That, that's the base of Mekdash. Is that Ma'akev? Or maybe he can do it anywhere in Yerushalayim, he says. He's not sure. He says he doesn't have proof, he says, but Tzarechian, he's actually not sure. He's actually not sure if Hakel strictly required the base of Mekdash and the Azara, or could be done anywhere in Yerushalayim. Ali Olaregel, the Psukim say, you do Hakel when everyone comes up to be Olaregel. Again, it's a Muchach that that's Likuvo, or it means at the time where they're normally Olaregel, that's when you do it. If they're not all regal for some reason, or there's no all regal, is that really ma'akev in the hakel? Not entirely clear. 
Ramanasha Klein, in his Mishnah Halachas, was asked by was asked by Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt, the author of the River of Ephraim. Ramanasha Klein was asked by the River of Ephraim, "Why don't we do Hakel today?" At least Midrabanan. He says, Rabbi Greenblatt asked, "Why? Why isn't it now? At least Midrabanan." Other mitzvahs that, are, that, are, that depend on Eretz Yisrael, Shemitah. Shemitah, we, we're knowing Bismanazeh. We just got finished the year of Shemitah. According to most poskim, Shemitah, Shemitah's Karka, Shemitah's Ksafim, is knowing Bismanazeh. At least Midrabanan. Most poskim say it's Drabanan, but at least in Chutzlar, but at least Midrabanan. So, and Eretz Yisrael, there's a debate about whether Shemitah's Karka, Bismanazeh is Daraisa or not. But even mitzvahs which are not knowing Daraisa are, are often knowing Midrabanan. So why, why hakel? Why is there no hakel with manazeh? Why is there no hakel? Why isn't l'chalapachim with drabanan? That's one question the Achronim ask. And furthermore, the Achronim ask, why other mitzvahs that we don't do with manazeh, they were misakein zecher, to the zecher l'mikdash. Various mitzvahs that, that, that we, do, uh, we do today, like they did in the base of mikdash. So why don't we, uh, why isn't there hakel? Why isn't there a similar discussion of hakel as well? Why, 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 why is there no mitzvah of... Why is there no mitzvah of Zechel and Mikdash? This question was raised by Rebbe David Rabinowitz to Umim, that, the, that, that we take the Lulav and the Mikdash all seven days, Zechel and Mikdash, that, 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 that Minolan, how do we know we do Zechel and Mikdash? The Marv brings Drashas and Psukim. We do a lot of things, we do Zechel and Mikdash. So why, weren't there, why, don't we do Hal, why don't we do Hakel Zechel and Mikdash? So these questions, why is there no Hakel Medrabanan? Why is there no Hakel Zechel and Mikdash? So a, a handful of Akronim over the last century or so have grappled with this question. Ramon Asher Klein brings the issues we've been discussing, Melech and Beza Mikdash and Aliyah Laregel. Ramon Asher Klein himself concludes that, that he says that, that you do need, even if you don't need Melech, he says, he says, he hopes you do need Melech, he says, you need, you need the Azara and you need the Aliyah Laregel, Kla Yisrael Aliyah Laregel, he says. So therefore, even if Melech is Lavdafka, Azar and Aliyah Regal are certainly absolute requirements, he says. And Pashat, the Pazman Azad, Korban Mesa Mikdash, we can't do Hakel. Okay, but over the last century, there were some rabbinic thinkers who thought it was a good idea to at least do some kind of Zechel Hakel. One of the first and one of the most interesting was, we mentioned earlier, the Aderes, Rebellio, David Rabinowitz, Tum. He was very interested in Hakel. He wrote actually an entire little pamphlet, a kuntris, called, uh, called Zecher Lamikdash. He actually wrote it for some strange reason. He wrote it uh, pseudonymously, but today we know it was him. And he, he, in the introduction, he, much of the Sefer is about Dinam of Hakel. He goes through the Psukim and Divrei Chazal, the exact halachas of Hakel. In the introduction, he discusses why is there no Zecher Lahakel. And he says, uh, well, why is there no Hakel Medrabanan, at least, he says. Uh, why, why is there no Hakel, even not Torah wise? He says one reason is because you need Shemitah, and if you don't have Shemitah, Midaraisa, you, uh, you don't have Hakel, he says, or because you need uh, Kol Yisrael there, as we discussed. But he goes back and forth about Zecher Lahakel, and he concludes, he concludes his introduction by saying, Ashrei Adar Shagadolim Yunishmarim Lakatan Shabaktanam Kamoni. Happy is the generation where even the great Chachamim are willing to listen to someone like me, a, a very minor, insignificant figure like me. My recommendation is Yidrush Kolrav Ba'adaso. He recommended a certain kind of uh, pseudo Hakel. Every Rav in his community, every Rabbi in, in his shul on Shabbos of Cholamoid, not necessarily the second day of Cholamoid, which was the time of Hakel, but on the Shabbos of Cholamoid, which was sort of like the original Hakel. Every Rav should darshan this coming year, which was a post Shemitah year which was a Matzeh Shemitah year, 
every rav should do davar beitzel matov, should discuss hakel, and that, that would be great, and tovol and bracha. So he pushed for some kind of zecher lahakel. He himself once had a drush, apparently, where he discussed uh, hakel on, on Sukkot of Matzah Shemitah as a kind of zecher lahakel. And this was the form of zecher lahakel that he, that he encouraged. He thought it was a good idea. In Israel, in Israel, there's a whole history in modern Israel of ceremonies that were zecher lahakel involving the presidents and other dignitaries where they would actually, more like the formal hakel, they would actually read from a Sefer Torah. There, 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 there's, a, there's a detailed history of this, uh, of this whole thing of Zecher Lahakel in Rabbi Yehuda Zoldan's Malchus Yehuda Yisrael. Rabbi Zoldan is a uh, tremendous Talmud Chacham in Eretz Yisrael who is a particular expert on anything to do with government and Malchus and uh, historically and in contemporary times. And he wrote, uh, he wrote, a, he wrote a 25-page essay on, uh, on the history, the, the development of Zecher Lahakel from, from the time of the Chorban until recently. He goes from uh, the enumerated ones in modern times. He goes from Tafresh Lamed Vav, so that's from uh, that's from 1875 all the way down to Tafshin Samach Beis to uh, to 2000 to 2001. Um, so that 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 would that was uh, three three Shemitah cycles ago. He discusses the whole history, the development of it, the, what they did in all these various uh, what they did in all these various hakels before the states, of Cook's time, after the state, and so on. He goes through the history at some length. In Chutzlaretz, perhaps, in, in general, the, the most avid proponent of a Zecher Lahakel was the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Lubavitcher Rebbe strongly encouraged, more like the Adaris, not actually reading the Torah, but some kind of commemoration of Hakel. It's, it's, it's a good time for study. The way, uh, the, way, the, the way Chabad puts it is, Chabad puts it is, the biblical mitzvah is not in effect. Only when Jewish, all the Jewish people reside in Eretz Yisrael the Lubavitcher Rebbe repeatedly encouraged all Jews to utilize this auspicious time to assemble men, women, and children, encourage each other to increase in Torah observance and study, and foster an environment of fear of Hashem. He may have actually held it was actually a, a, a form of hakel, a partial mitzvah of hakel, if not the full formal kiyom of hakel. So the Rebbe was strongly encouraging that rabbis in their communities, the people in their communities all over, should arrange for these hakels. So Chabad is a big, is a big promoter of this. And in Israel, the, the state and Zionists, Zionists affiliated with the state pushed it uh, throughout, the, throughout the 20th century. Not everyone agreed. Rab, Rabbi, Rabbi Fran Greenblatt, who was the one who consulted Rabbi Nasha Klein and Mishnah Halachas about this, Rabbi Fran Greenblatt quotes from a letter of, of the Chazanish. He said that, She'osir lasos came b'zmanazet. It is usher to do a form of hakel b'zmanazet. I haven't, uh, I didn't get a chance to see this letter inside. I'm not sure why it would be usher. So the truth is, this is a general question. When there are mitzvahs of the Torah that we can fulfill, is there, is there any meaning to do it in an, in an ersatz, uh, technically incorrect way, to try to get the spirit of the mitzvah? So when it comes to Arbabinim, for example, that, that's actually discussed in the Shulchan Aruch. There's actually a, a Sifrin Shulchan Aruch about this. Is there, if a person doesn't have a kosher lulav and esrog, should he take a pasal lulav and esrog? And actually, the halacha is yes, you should. In, 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 some, in certain cases, in some contexts, you actually should. The, the way the Shulchan Aruch paskins is that the way the Shulchan Aruch paskins is that all these psulim, which are pasul, I'm sorry, in Tafresh Mem Tes or Chaim Sivav, the Shulchan Aruch says b'shasat chach she'enim tzakasher. You don't have a kasher arbaminim. Kol psulim notlam dein mevarkim. Take a pasul one. Don't make a bracha, but take one. Why do you take it at all? 
So you take it because Shlotishtakach Taras because he says that the Shlotishtakach says that, that that you shouldn't forget you shouldn't forget the you, you shouldn't that the the, the Mishmura brings. You shouldn't forget totally about Lulav. See, you, see, you do, uh, even though you're not Yotzi the Mitzvah at all, you do it because it's only Zecher Ba'alma. You don't make a bracha, it's only Zecher Ba'alma. But you do it. We also have a conflicting consideration, which is that there are certain things that, are, that for example, a different species of Hadas or, or a Merkav you shouldn't do for this reason, because on the contrary, then we have, a, then we have a, the opposite consideration, Asilamiti. Person might make a mistake and think they're kosher, and he'll, and he'll use it all the time. So certain types of psulim, we say dafka, don't use them because you might come to think they're kosher and use them other years. Other types of psulim, where apparently there's less of a danger that anybody will make a mistake, you dafka should use them if, if, if there's nothing better because it's a zecher for the mitzvah. Even though you're not yoti, it's still a zecher for the mitzvah. So sometimes we do do this. We just make we make our own zecher. We make not our own zecher. We make a zecher for the mitzvah. If we can't do the mitzvah properly. The best thing we can do is we make a zecher for the mitzvah. So why wouldn't we do the fa'akel? So that's what the Akronim discussed. The Chazanish said it's usher. I don't know. That, that, may have, that, that, that may have been based in part on his hashkafa towards Zionism. And the truth is, that I, was also, I, I was always very puzzled. There's very interesting machlokas between the Ramah and the Gona Vilna. The Ramah brings a custom, an old, an old Ashkenazic custom, that they would recite the Haggadah on Shabbos Haggadah. They would recite part of the Haggadah on Shabbos Haggadah before Pesach. The Bir Halacha brings, as I recall from the from the from the Vilna Gon, he was opposed to this custom. He did not do that, and he said, "It's explicit in the Haggadah. We bring a midrash. It says Yachal Merosh Chodesh. It says we got to tell Avincha Yachal Merosh Chodesh. You might think you can start reading the Haggadah from Rosh Chodesh Talmud Lomar, but Yomahu uh, that, uh, that on that day you say it only on the day of Yitzias Mitzrayim. You might think on the day of Erev Pesach Talmud Lomar Bavorze only uh, Bavorze means this something tangible in front of you." says the Gon, it's an explicit Midrash, you do not read the Haggadah except for the night of Pesach, and therefore no Haggadah on Shabbos Haggadah. I never really understood the Groz objection. Okay, so it's not the mitzvah of the Haggadah. Nobody says it's a mitzvah of the Haggadah. It's a minog, it's a minog as a zecher to, uh, to warm you up, to, to prepare for it. What's wrong? The Groz, I'm not sure, but the Groz seems to have felt we don't make up our own rituals. If, if, if this is explicitly not what the mitzvah is, you, you want to have, a, you want to have a, a Pesach party, learn about Pesach, fine. But you want to read the Haggadah, the Haggadah is a mitzvah. We, we, we don't tamper with mitzvahs. We don't do mitzvahs in, uh, in ways that are, not, that, that, are, that, are, that are clearly and explicitly against the way the mitzvah goes. I don't know if it's exactly Baltosif, but the point is, when we're dealing with, uh, with a formal mitzvah, we don't, we don't do it in a way that you're not actually mekayim the mitzvah. So when it comes to Hakel... There were some gedolim who felt that there was, it was a good idea to do at least some kind of zecher lahakel. Others, the chazanish, apparently felt not. It's not. A, it's not a good idea to, to make a formal ceremony of zecher lahakel. Again, I haven't gotten a chance to look up the chazanish's letter. I'm not sure exactly what reasons he gave, but the the chazanish was apparently opposed to the to this mitzvah of zecher lahakel. So, so we have machlokas among some of the gedolim of the of the past century whether it's actually a very good thing to do some kind of zeichel lahakel, whether in the form of Torah reading or at least in the form of, of expounding and, uh, and in teaching about the mitzvah of hakel, or whether it's a bad thing, we shouldn't try to imitate the mitzvah of hakel. we should wait until uh, the coming of Mashiach and the rebuilding of the base of I suppose, Meher of Yemenu, and then we'll be able to do hakel as, uh, as we were commanded in this week's Pasha.